cigars all around Cheers, y'all Well, 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 well Now that sounds like a party, ladies and gentlemen Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza Known internationally Hi, Mom. as the world-famous Smoking and Toastin' And we are up to show number 337, and it's good to be back in the studio Madness. with you Yeah, I was out uh, uh, last week and uh, enjoying you know, some family time on the river And uh, you were here with our good friend Alan Denny Yeah And then you had a very, I'm oh, I so Blake jealous Blake from Lone Pine I'm so jealous oh, because I love that brewery so much They're so good They really So many good things He's so fun. He's such yeah. a great uh, guest. Yeah, they really uh, they really do it right uh, at Lone Pine. Uh, so, uh, but I got to visit a good brewery, which I'll tell you a little bit about. It was the uh, Guadalupe Brewing Company. Okay, right on the Guadalupe River. And to be honest, it's kind of like out in the middle of nowhere. And I was like. Uh, uh, this I don't know I don't know how, what this is going to be like and it was cool was it man. awesome it was awesome nice. so I'll tell you all about that but in the meantime thanks to Alan Denny uh, for guest hosting and to Blake for uh, uh, being a part of the program last week from Lone Pine and welcome to our show today where we're finally going to do it we've been talking about it for a long time um, we are finally going to do the tasting that we've been talking about today's episode is going to be. Very much going to have a lot to do with celebrity whiskeys, and it's specific <laughs> for specifics. We're going to try to answer the question: Just how bad is proper number twelve? Proper number twelve. Now, this is Conor McGregor's uh, celebrity it's, whiskey. It's gotten some pretty bad reviews, and I, you know, at the risk of pissing him off, because I sure wouldn't want to like. No, if you were in fact, the studio, I probably would lie I, and I tell him. I told him a story last week where he knocked out a mascot at a sports game. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> so I, I want to show you the bottle of uh, proper number 12. We may have it on the B roll here. Now, notice you bought the, the smallest bottle. <laughs> this is what gave me the idea to do this on the show because we've been talking like, about the only thing you could have done to go smaller than that is get the little airplane bottles. Right. But we've been talking trash about proper number 12 for a while, right? And I was at Specs, which is my favorite place to shop for spirits and beers and what have you. And I just happened to notice by the register they had this smaller bottle. And I thought, oh, okay, I can buy this smaller bottle. We can, we can taste it on the show. Because the problem with buying a bigger bottle, it's not so much that it's an expensive whiskey. It's that I have a feeling that what we drink of it here today on the program is all that will ever be well, drunk of it. And the then it will now, sit in my you've bar. You've never actually tried this. So what if you find... <laughs> right. That you actually love this whiskey. All right, so here's the deal. I, I, I make you this promise. If I like it, I will tell you. <laughs> I, I will, even though we've talked trash about it all this time. And I know you've tried it, so you have already have it. an opinion. Speaking I, have, of, I have opinions. So yes. speaking of things that you tried that you don't know about, I brought us a little mystery beverage today. Mystery beverage 3,000. I thought maybe you would like to uh, taste this and tell me what you think. I'll give you, I'll give you a, uh, hoppy. A, I'll give you a hint up front. It is an IPA. It does. smells hoppy. Yep, yep. Let's see. Um... The color is a little hazy. Yep, a little bit. Um, it's kind of nitro bubbly. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So it's like a nitro hoppy. It's really bitter on the tail. Very end. bitter on the finish, isn't it? Very bitter on the finish. <laughs> Very bitter. It's, what do you uh, think, Terry's our engineer? What do you What do you think, Terry? Do you like this? <laughs> yeah, it's nice. I mean, you know, it's it is bitter. And I've had a sinus thing all weekend, so I'm not tasting as well uh-huh. as I should. <laughs> mm. It's um, it's got a maltiness up front. Yes, it's interesting. Maltiness up front and bitter. It, it, it hits ooh, your tongue on the tail. It's super bitter. It hits your tongue. It really yeah. hits your tongue. So 
we have been talking a little bit about this brand, and I, I thought it'd be fun to bring it in as a uh, as a mystery beverage. Just have you taste it without <coughs> any preconceived thought of what it is, because this is Sculpin's Grapefruit IPA, and this is something that's been around for a long time. Sculpin got bought, if if you remember, uh, and these are the ones that they they're now selling it back. They're selling it back to a a, a brewery in Chicago. Uh, a craft huh. brewery in Chicago who are going to try to restore the Sculpin name because the sales. I'm sorry, I'm calling it Sculpin. It's Ballast Point. Ballast is, Point. Gotcha. Ballast Point it's is the, the Sculpin IPA. It's a Sculpin IPA, a grapefruit Sculpin IPA. But Ballast Point is the is the brand, and these guys were renowned an early innovator in IPAs. Renowned for their yeah. IPAs and before yeah. everybody else started going crazy. You know, crazy IPAs. These guys were very early to the scene. They're from San Diego. California, but they got bought, and the uh, the big brewery, the big brewing uh, consortium that brought that bought them is now selling them back to a craft brewer. So, and they're promising to bring this back to its former, former days glory, of glory. Because, yes, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, exactly. That's, that's bitter. Um, it's, <laughs> so, I thought it'd be good to remind ourselves what it tasted there's like. There's some good things about it. It's not very grapefruity though. Do you taste a lot of grapefruit? Nobody said grapefruit Just, before. You know what? I get a little bit of the the sour that's on the end, the bitter that's on the end, is a little like the white of the grapefruit. Mm-hmm. You know, that's in between the rind and the mm-hmm. and the pulp. Mm-hmm. The white of the grapefruit. I get a little bit of that from it. It's not like grapefruity in that sweet grapefruit way. You know? No. You know what it tastes like to me? Like when I keep drinking a little bit, it tastes like it's got a little malt roll right up in the front, and it tastes like fruity pebbles for a moment. And but, then kind of long, and then kind of gets real bitter. But it gets yeah. it gets like distractingly bitter. It's very interesting in in the sense and it that it lingers distractingly bitter. This this particular IPA totally preceded the hazy, juicy yes. uh, craze. So not only was it hazier in terms of its appearance, but it also this is more of what IPAs were at that time. You expected more of the bitter. This just went a little more bitter than the average, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So this, uh, with natural grapefruit flavors. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. So they're mm-hmm. adding the grapefruit flavors. Interesting. Yeah. I kind of enjoy it in a very old-school IPA way, if that makes sense. I don't like it as much as I like the hazies, which are a little less bitter in mm-hmm. general. But uh, it's kind of good. It's kind of good. Ballast Point. And remember, we had very early in the show, we had Ballast Point on back before they I were sold. I do remember that, yeah, yeah before they yeah. sold yeah. Anyway, they had a bunch so, of IPs. I love their artwork, though. Their yeah. artwork is outrageously good. I thought you would. Uh, I thought you would enjoy that. We're going to be trying some other interesting uh, brews on the show today. Central Coast Brewing Company in San Luis Obispo, California. Uh, we'll be trying their Cervantes Amber Lager. Okay. So looking forward to that. And from Boston, Massachusetts, Harpoon Brewery's UFO Triple Berry. It is a fruit beer. It's not a sour. It's a fruit their UFO. Beer. They have a series, the UFO series, right? right? So and UFO they- started out as the name of their Hefeweizen. Okay. And it became very popular. And so they kind of branched off and did UFO White and UFO. Oh, other, gotcha. using, okay. Using yeah, that that's what same. I there was something, there was yeah, something that was continuous about it. Ex- exactly. And so this is their UFO. They've got a UFO Berry, and this is their UFO Triple Berry. Uh, so we'll be trying that one today. And then from the brewery that uh, Adam and I visited, in fact, we'll do uh, a segment later on in the program of Adam and I, Adam, our producer, Adam and Sky, uh, and I on location 
in New Braunfels, Texas, at the Guadalupe Brewing Company, trying some different beers. But I brought one for us to try here today that I have not tasted, and it is their salted caramel Scotch Ale. Ooh, doesn't that sound good? You were thinking yeah, about me. Yeah, actually, I was thinking about you when I was there because, and and you'll see this in the segment. But I tried an IPA, and I decided to try one of their stouts, and they had a. Uh, a, a stout. Uh, I'll talk all about it in the in the segment, but I got it basically because I thought this is what Ian would get if he were here, and <laughs> and wow, it was good. So you'll you'll see me talk. I about mean, it. It you always like when I go. I'm going to try the porter. I'm going to try the scotch right, ale. Right, I'm going right. to try stout. Exactly. Try, so know, that was why I tried the stout. Belgian. You knew styles. I was going to try an IPA, but I tried this uh, this this stout, and it was just it was bitter dark chocolate, and uh, just. Just wonderful goodness. Nice. It was it was really, really good. So we'll talk about that. And then of course the proper number twelve. And we'll talk proper about celebrity you know, celebrity whiskeys and, and they're a big, big deal. In fact, we've got a uh, an independent list that we will be able to share with you of uh the best of the celebrity whiskeys, uh done from a blind taste test. So but you know so Heaven's Door has to be way up high. Uh, you would guess that it would be. Yeah, you would guess that it would be. So we'll we'll get to that list as well. Now I did, I did not actually replicate your experience of floating down the river in a tube with a cigar in my mouth the whole time. And the reason is because the river was fairly low, so there wasn't a lot of floating down the river. It was a bit of getting it was out more and walking. Getting out, yeah, getting out in the tube. So I basically I sat at the riverside and enjoyed a big old cigar. That oh, was kind of fun. That's okay, yeah, too. That was that was kind of fun. But what about you? Did you have a chance to smoke anything interesting this week? I did, actually. I went down to uh, Casa this morning and hung out with the guys, and um, I uh, picked out I love those guys. Down there. <laughs> I've been smoking expensive cigars recently. Yeah, I've noticed this. Yeah, uh, so I, I decided to tamp that down a little bit because I figured I could buy two cigars for the price of mm-hmm. one of those expensive ones. But I picked up a Micarita um, from Dunbarton. Oh, have you had one of these before? I haven't, but I've seen it. So I've seen it. It's been around for a while. This is not a new cigar. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It's been around for a while, but I hadn't uh, I hadn't tried any, so I picked one that looked really <laughs> nice to me. I literally picked it up because the wrapper looks so nice. This was the uh, Tricky Traca. The uh, Tricky Traca has um, an interesting uh, story. I'll, I'll read right off of their website. Micarita Tricky Traca pronounced... Uh, what, I just said it. Is tricky arguably, Traca, that sounds like a, a Polynesian god. Tricky Traca. We all pray to Tricky Traca <laughs> when the volcano erupts, right? It's arguably our boldest <laughs> cigar release to date. Tricky Traca is a uh, local Nicaraguan slang for uh, oversized firecrackers that are connected by fuses and a long serial string. It's These... also my favorite Steely Dan song. Tricky Traca, Tricky Traca. <laughs> Sorry. Now I won't be able to get that out of my head. I'll be trying to poke out my mind's eye for the rest of the day. Thank you. <laughs> Especially with the little dance. Um, <laughs> these, uh, For these those of explosive... you who aren't uh, watching the show on video, it might be worth going back to, to check it out. The, uh, uh, these explosive ropes are then laid down in the center of the street and sometimes stretch multiple blocks. Ignited from one end, they explode in a cascading line of powerful concussions and blinding light down the entire length of the street. Trikatraka are often ignited in celebration of important religious and national holidays. This cultural icon is an ideal moniker. Um, this is really for the power and explosive nature of the cigar, so uh, that's uh, that's a that's straight off of their website. So let me go back to my uh, oops. Let me go back to my uh, review of this. So the tricky tracker. This is a, the they call it a fino largo, which is a six by forty eight, 
which is uh, Corona, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the wrapper uh, on this is uh, USA, Connecticut, Broadleaf, uh, Nicaraguan Binder, Nicaraguan and Dominican Republic. Uh, the appearance, espresso brown, semi-rustic, leathery, oily, very nice. oily wrapper. Yeah. Like you can see it shining. Uh, firm feel overall, uh, single band with golden red on it. It's very, very nice looking cigar. You'll see it right here. Uh, the pre light stuff on this rich earth and leather, espresso, and bitter chocolate is what I was getting all over the cigar. The pre light draw. So, you know, every once in a while when you use your punch on a cigar and you have mm-hmm. the perfect punch. Look yeah. at this picture right here. It's oh, amazing. Nicely done. So, yeah, absolutely perfect punch on this. Uh, medium draw, dark chocolate and uh, cherry, rich earth and leather coming through right off the bat. The initial light, the Nicaraguan pepper blast. Nice. Right off the bat. It was nice. super nice. So, um, uh, the first third of this, uh, oh, Nicaraguan pepper blast. I got, uh, let's see, earthy, spicy, coffee, leather, chocolate, retro nice. halo, spicy and bitter coffee. Uh, the first third of this, bold, billowing smoke full of coffee and pepper sprinkled with leather and bitter chocolate. Underlying nuttiness and earth, retro halo, coffee and chocolate spice, solid ash, perfect burn. I was talking and let my cigar go out. I relit oh. it with no penalty whatsoever. Nice. Spice is picked up a bit. Leather moves forward. And a kiss of nuttiness appears. Coffee, chocolate, and earth remains consistent. Retro hail is spicy pepper and coffee. Solid ash. Good burn. Mm. The uh, last third of this. All notes become more dense as this full-flavored cigar reaches even bolder heights. This is a full-flavored cigar. Do not go towards this cigar if you are into the... Tiki Taka doesn't yeah, sound it's, it's, like a light this cigar. Is, this you is know? a full, full flavor. Retro <laughs> Hale is... Uh, the wrath of Tiki Taka. <laughs> <laughs> Retro Hale is coffee, spicy, and slightly sweet at the very end, oddly enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, solid ash, good burn. This uh, this cigar cost me $12.75, mm-hmm. which puts it just outside of the new uh, super premium range. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as everything is more expensive. But it gets a solid five, man. It's yeah. as good as anything you'd want if you want a super bold one. Uh, this is 100% one to go to. And I'm pretty sure that that was the lost Kenny Loggins album was Tiki Taka. Tiki Taka. I, I think it was, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. So, uh, all right. Uh, it sounds great. Like I'm gonna, I've def- I want to try it just because it's called Tiki Taka. Like, <laughs> it's pretty awesome. I, it's yeah. just a fun word to say. You know, it's a fun word. It's a friendly word. And we'll be right back with more fun and friendly words. And I'll tell you about what I had an opportunity to smoke this week coming up on Smoking and Toasting. Uh, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Smoking and Toasting, oh, yeah. show number 337. We are halfway to 400, sure and we're all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. On today's show, we will talk celebrity whiskeys, and we will celebrity actually do whiskey. a taste to see just how bad. How bad. Proper number 12 is. I thought you were going to do the, how bad. How bad yeah. is it? Yeah, how bad is it? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, proper number 12. <laughs> and so Ian's had it. He's My experience on it is just from listening to you, I haven't had it, so I'll be I'll be lamb to the slaughter. Yeah, today. so it's going to be a biased comparison and or a biased yeah. uh, uh, review anyway, but that's okay. And by the way, we will also be uh, doing, of course, as we do every program now because people demand it. Uh, we will be doing drinking news, and today's drinking news teaser headline is: "Hey man, nice shot." <laughs> So we'll look forward to that coming up a little bit later on in the show. Um, Ian, when you were doing your uh, cigar notes a moment ago, you did mention the price to quality scale. For those who uh, maybe are new to the show, like some of our new listeners in uh, at our new radio station affiliates that we have, mm-hmm. may not have heard of it, heard may not have heard us talk about price to quality before. But price to quality basically is something that we 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 have a one to ten scale, and when we talk about cigars, if 
it scores a five, we feel like you got what you paid for. Yeah. So a five is a good rating, especially if it's a more expensive cigar. Right, right. You know, uh, and anything that scores above a five, it's like it was punching above its weight class. It was even better than advertised. Right. It was maybe worth even a little more than uh, than what the price was. If it's under a five, it doesn't necessarily mean it was a bad cigar. It might be a good cigar, but it just wasn't quite worth the asking price. Yeah. So uh, we're we not go. giving it a cigar rating like that. Like, like that cigar aficionado like or cigar whatever. Yeah. We're just saying, hey, this is our experience, and this is where we think it lies in price to quality. So let me tell you about my experience with a PDR 1878 Capa Oscuro Robusto. And Oscuro is always the dark, uh, it's supposed to be. Oscuro means basically dark, like obscure. Dark, yeah, it's usually yeah. like very, almost mm-hmm. blackish. Right. In this case, it wasn't quite that dark, but it did look like a dark Maduro. And PDR cigars are made at the PDR factory in the Dominican Republic. PDR originally stood for Pinar del Rio, but the company rebranded. They kept the initials, but they replaced the words Pinar del Rio with Puros Dominican Republic. Oh. So, same PDR, different meaning. Uh, the 1878, though, is not a Puro. It is. Uh, it does feature Dominican Corojo fillers and a Dominican Habano binder, but it's draped in a dark, oscuro Ecuadorian sun-grown wrapper. Ooh. So right away, this is sounding really good to me, right? Rich, deep earth on the pre-light, uh, tea leaf and leather as well. I use cigar scissors to clip the pigtail end of it off. It has a pigtail mm-hmm. end, you'll see there, uh, and get it going. I was struck by the toastiness right off the bat. There was no big initial pepper blast, but it was just like fresh toast popping up from the toaster. That, oh, I love that. that. That smell, right? And once the toastiness settled down, I was able to pick up the earth that I detected on the pre-light. Black pepper and sweetness balance themselves out nicely on the palate. Definitely an enjoyable mix of flavors. But. Uh-oh, there's a butt in it? Only a quarter of an inch into the smoke, and it developed a pretty serious canoe. I let it go oh. at first, trying to give the cigar a chance to correct itself, but it became pretty obvious that it wasn't going to happen, so I went into canoe rescue mode, which basically, if a cigar's canoeing, I do two things. The first thing I do is lick my finger, and I put it down at the base of where the canoe is, kind of dampen the tobacco so that it won't burn as fast once it hits that spot. Right. And then I try to light the other side and keep it going. Uh, once that was done, the 1878 became a little harsh, but that seemed to disappear after a few good puffs, pepper and leather. Uh, I moved into the second, third. Nice blend of flavors, but burning a little hot from the relight uh, as the canoe refused to be tamed and started right back up again. I finally flicked the ash off a little before the midway point and did my best to touch it up. It did start burning a little straighter, but this time it had definitely developed developed a little harshness from the relight, and it took longer for that to go away than the time before. The final third, I was getting nice flavors, even though it was burning a little hot. A sweet, almost caramel note, pepper, earth, tea leaf, and coffee with plenty of pepper on the retrohale. Disappointing thing was the canoe would not be denied not stop it started back up uh, again and then i I put it down for about a minute and it went completely out on me so uh it you know listen it's a six to seven dollars cigar the flavors are worth it but no no i'm giving it a three oh a three price to quality uh however it may have been limited to the one stick. You may try another one, and it may be well, well worth it. So I, I don't, I wouldn't put it off uh, your list completely. Still, maybe worth a try. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be right back into smoking and toasting, and uh, show number three hundred and something. What are we? Thirty-six. Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven.
Welcome back. It is Smokin' and Toastin'. It is our program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. I just wanted to mention, Ian, about the uh, PDR 1878 Capa Oscuro Robusto that I was talking about. I really loved the flavor on this thing. It was The construction was so frustrating. That's, yeah, that's that very frustrating me, when, you, yeah. when, when it tastes great and it's amazing so that's why i think a lot of people that do like straight up cigar reviews with mm-hmm. the with the rating sure, system right, right. they usually smoke three right and then kind of average the results of the i three. just can't afford to do three <laughs> yeah no i mean and, <laughs> you know and, and the unfortunate side is it may be a great cigar um yeah. but if you like the flavors that much that may be worth tasting again and i trying. do think Especially, i will try another one you said it was in I, the six dollar yeah it was six to seven dollar I mean, cigar so i will definitely I try made, another one because the flavors were good enough that if I could get one that didn't have the burn problems, I might have given it more than a five. I've, I've made decisions that cost a lot more than six dollars that were worse than that cigar. <laughs> That's <I'm> sure. for sure. <laughs> like in my life, that is for sure. Speaking of bad decisions, and I, and I don't know that it's a bad decision, but we've gone from telling you about the uh, heartbreak of the fact that we are no longer going to be able to buy our favorite Christmas ale. Which is from Anchor Brew. That is heartbreaking. And it is heartbreaking. We've gone from that heartbreak in to even more heartbreak, but wait, maybe some good news on the horizon. Oh man. More heartbreak is that they're they're Sapporo's just shutting the brewery down now. I heard about they're that. Completely that. Oh, closing man. Anchor. It's going to cease operations. They announced it. However, remember on the show before we've had uh, a beer or two that we tried from a uh, brewery in Rhode Island called Narragansett Brewing? Yes, we've had uh, they they have one that's named like Narwhal or Whale or something. Yes. You know what I'm, you remember what I'm thinking? It's been a long time since we had one of their beers. We've had them on before. Well, Narr- uh, Narragansett Brewing is organizing an effort to try to save Anchor, and their idea is if they can raise enough money from people who are like minded like us who might want to be like investor type people in this that they would go and see they don't even know if the if support would sell it but see if they can buy anchor instead of just having it yeah, be why, closed down what, what what can Sapporo get out of it like if they bought it they mm-hmm. had to buy it for like a pretty decent price and then they just shut it down so then right. now they got a facility they're doing nothing with it's not making any money so why wouldn't they sell it is the question mark hellendrung is the president of narragansett and uh, together with a group of investors he bought narragansett in 2005 from Pabst Brewing Company, oh. and then turned it into a really legitimate Legit, craft yeah. beer, right? Uh, it has grown into the 27th largest craft brewery in America, according to the Brewers Association. So he's had prior success at taking a historic brand and bringing it back to uh, prominence. Narragansett Beer was founded in 1890. Wow. So this is, the, you know, and, and uh, he brought it back into the craft beer community. So he has a petition on change.org. That's called Stand Together to Save Anchor Brewing Company. So you can go to change.org and find out if this is something that means something to you. And I'm going to I'm gonna I'm gonna get involved in this. Put I a love few this bucks idea. in the pot, yeah. yeah. Put a few bucks in the pot. Uh, he says, listen, uh, gaining community support through signatures won't be sufficient to save anchor, but he says, I got a lot of wild ideas, and if there was an opportunity to buy it with a group of people who are as passionate about anchor as I am, I'd be open to that. So that's that's what the whole thing's about. Go to uh, change.org and uh, look for Stand Together to Save Anchor Brewing Company. So I, Anchor I, made just some great a beers. A flicker of hope. A flicker and of hope. And the Anchor Steam is kind of its own style. Well, it absolutely is. It's, and it's very much its own and thing. This brewery, for anybody that doesn't know this, they're essentially credited with starting 
the craft beer movement in the yeah. United States of America. And they've been so, there forever. Uh, yeah. And and I enjoy Anchor Steam, but that Christmas ale, that's something I look forward to every, every, yes, year. every year. I buy it every year. We've had it on the show. Every year we've been doing you this see, show. You they, they sell it in the gigantic I bought one too. of those one year. <laughs> <laughs> it was just too... I just couldn't pass it up. I had to do it. Uh, speaking of things I couldn't pass up, there was no way I was going to pass up the Cervantes Amber Lager because I am a huge fan of the whole Day of the Dead uh, uh, artwork there. And that is about as cool a one as I've seen the dude with the uh, beard. Cervantes Amber Lager comes to us from Central Coast Brewing Company, uh, which are out of San Luis Obispo, California. And uh, we've been doing a lot of ambers, a lot of Mexican beers uh, as we've been uh, making our way through the summer here. Ian, I know you've already started doing a so little research. Is, what do you think? This is approved by uh, Joey Cervantes himself, Joey the Face, as he is apparently mm-hmm. known. Joey Cervantes is a fire-breathing, silver-bearded cellar czar. <laughs> um, we decided he needed a beer named after him. Lift a, lift a can to Joe Salud. So apparently he's one of the guys that uh, works there or uh, they know. Um yeah, this is really good. Yeah, it really is. It, it's it, really good. This is this is quaffable, if you will. I would almost put this into the category with uh, probably my favorite Mexican lager, which is uh, Scout from. Uh, yeah, this is uh, that kind of good. Yeah, this uh, is another uh, level of like, wow, this equal. is nice. Uh, it's malty right up front. It has mm-hmm. a nice crisp finish with almost no linger, but there's just enough bitterness on the end to uh, to, to, to make it feel it. like a beer, and yeah. then make you go, I kind of want another sip. This is. But it is really malty. Up front, which I like. Yeah, I, yeah, and you know, you know how I am with the multi beers. I love the multi beers. Mm-hmm. I love the can art on here. Mm-hmm. I know that would be something you'd absolutely mm-hmm. have to buy. Well, like I said, I couldn't pass it up. It was just too good. Coming in yeah. at five and a half percent alcohol by volume, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, this I'm is that. quite drinkable. Yeah, few uh, uh, few things to uh, to mention about it. It manages to be full flavored and extremely crushable at the same time. Yeah, you know. Uh, sometimes you get one or the other. You get either something that's extremely full flavored, but you want to drink it a little slower. You know, take no, your this, time. This has an outrageously good balance to it. There's, uh, you know, what I'm noticing after a few sips too is it leaves a little bit of sweetness, a little right? caramel sweetness. Yeah, a little bit of sweetness at the back of the palate, a little roasted mm-hmm. malt kind of thing going on, and I'm really, really enjoying. It. As more, more I drink this, I the like more it. I like it. I like it. I, yes. I, you like it. In yours fact, a lot I would, you, I would like to drink more of it and like it, yours. like it even more. That would be a, that would be a good plan. I'm gonna like mine a little more too. Fierotego is the company that revived the timeless line of cigars after uh, cigar-hating uh, company Nat Sherman collapsed, and uh, they have just shipped a new line called Suma, which is the first Fierotego flagship brand in regular production. So Fierotego basically bought the timeless line mm, the blend from the cigar hating company Nat Sherman and uh and started doing it on their own which was a good idea cuz it actually was a really good cigar to be honest with you most Nat Sherman cigars not that good back when they were around and the timeless was real good timeless was fantastic yeah, yeah. uh so it's still available but now Fierotego is releasing their own brand uh, previous cigars that have uh, carried the Fierotego name, uh, the Elegancia and the Generoso, were annual limited editions. So this will be their first full-time, full round-the-clock, full-line brand. Nice. And <clears throat> they're made by some people that <clears throat> you might have heard of before that seem to know a thing or two about cigars. The Casada family oh, in the yeah. Dominican Republic, right? Uh, <clears throat> so Suma... <clears throat> Excuse me. Suma was on display at this year's PCA trade show, and the word Suma means a comprehensive work or a summary 
or a synthesis of the body of work so far. Uh, so the company stated that uh, this blend embodies the diversity and complexity of the Fiero Tego portfolio. I'm going to have to pick one of those up when they're out. Yeah. It's a three-country blend, uh, and they are available between 18 and $21 in their Distributed by Davidoff. That's why they're so expensive. Davidoff, <laughs> everything Davidoff does. Well, you just said Davidoff three times. You now <clears throat> yeah. owe them like fifty dollars. Dang it! A new smoke called La Verada from Crowned Heads is going to be heading to cigar shops soon. The brand's been more than a year in the making, and it'll be the most expensive cigar Crowned Heads has ever released. <laughs> uh, La Verada is being rolled in the Dominican Republic by speaking of people who know what they're doing, Ernesto Perez Carrillo. Yeah, EPC. Uh, yeah, and EPC's it, been crushing it too. And John Hubert. Crownhead says, I, I, this is something I feel really special about. We started working on this in March of 2022. He was originally going, he says, for something extra spicy, something like the El Rico Habano, uh, which is one of EPC's older uh, brands. But the blend changed several times during development, became more refined, more complex, and nuanced. And there will be four sizes. It's a Jalapa binder, a, uh, a, a wrapper from the Jalapa region of Nicaragua as well, and a mix of fillers from Nicaragua and the DR. So nice. look for that. And then, of course, uh, one of the brands that has really kind of stormed onto the scene in the last couple of decades is Tatuaje. Oh, yeah. 20 years ago, nobody knew who or what Tetois even was. Uh, it was a difficult-to-pronounce word. It was a small Miami factory, and cigars made were kind of obscure. <clears throat> so Pete Johnson and Jose Pepin Garcia weren't really known at that time outside the industry of cigars, and now all that has changed. Pete Johnson's, you know, widely Huge, known. Yeah. And uh, Jose, Pepin Garcia, are you kidding me? Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, so uh, anyway... Um, this new Tatuaje is made at my father's uh, factory in uh, Nicaragua. It is the uh, Tatuaje 20th Grand Maravel and Grand Chasseur. And it will be unveiled, or was unveiled rather, at the PCA uh, trade show. It will be shipping in August. The Grand Maravel uh, measures six and an eighth inches long by 46 and has a suggested retail price of $13. And the Grand Chasseur measures six and three eighths by 54. Uh, they're made with uh, covered, uncut feet and use an Ecuador Habano wrapper and a Nicaraguan blend. Come packaged in 20 count boxes. Just so there's just some of the cigars you may want to be watching for. A lot of interesting things. Things coming out that sort of were debuted at the PCA trade seems show. Seems to be the year of really <clears throat> pricey cigars coming well, out. Like a yes. lot of companies seem to be putting out some of those super premiums. And now. even companies that didn't really have a cigar in yeah. that price range kind of are debuting one up there. I'm still a big believer in the six to eight dollar cigar. To me, that's like that's where most of the time when I smoke, I don't go super cheap, but I like to stay in that range if I can. Yeah, yeah. You know? There's and there's some great cigars in that range too. I like to uh, I like to pepper my uh, my humidor with a few above that, and then every once in a while I'll buy myself a super premium, just stick it in there, right, right, so I can open my humidor sure. and look at it. I've still got and, and sometimes sometimes you get that in in your humidor and you're like. I'm waiting for it. It needs to be a more special occasion than today. And I know I shouldn't do that, but like I've got one of those um, AJ Fernandez, Monte Cristo. Uh, oh, the, yeah, yeah. The, uh, it's just sitting there calling my name every time I open the. Is that the Monte one? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, those are yeah. nice. Oh, I can't wait. But I haven't haven't gone there yet. We'll see. And I got a, cu a Cuban uh, um, Monte number two that you gave me. Oh, nice. Yeah, so um, uh, both I, of those I are sitting all there. The both of those are sitting there taunting me every <laughs> single time I open the uh, uh, the, the humidor. Um, so we told you about Narragansett Brewing. Uh, 
trying to save Anchor Brewing, which I think is a really cool thing. We told you about some cigars to watch for, but did you know, Ian, that if you're op- if you're at home, you open up your humidor, you're like, oh damn, I really needed to restock. I don't have anything here that I really want to smoke. Very soon, you'll be able to get some new cigars from DoorDash. What? Yep, that's exactly exactly right. And what's interesting to me about this is that I, uh, <clears throat> I mean, hold I'm not on, a, I kind of love this. I, I, yeah, I know. I'm not a fan of DoorDash. I'm I've, not either. I've had issues with DoorDash, and and it, I basically have become Grubhub. Uh, primarily instead of DoorDash because I've just had uh, too many problems with uh, with uh, with DoorDash. I've but, seen a bunch of the uh, uh, online videos where like the DoorDash person is like, "You're only giving me a five dollar tip." Right. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> but yeah, apparently that is the thing that DoorDash is uh, is teaming up with a. And I went to the uh, <laughs> I went to the. Uh, uh, the webpage where I had this saved. And then it all disappeared on you. Well, no, it's just like one big Disney ad. I don't know what's going on here. (laughs) Uh, So, but anyway, there was, it was an article. Basically they're teaming up with a uh, a cigar uh, shop, uh, uh, cigar company out of Texas. And the idea is, and I don't know whether this will be available everywhere that you get DoorDash or whether it'll only be limited to, you know, certain cities, certain cities where they have the, the, but you got to admit, it's an interesting idea because think about it. You can, on a lot of these delivery services now, you can order beer and wine and, and and even spirits and in some, in some cases, depending on the state laws. So to be able to get a, uh, get a good cigar with that, that's not a bad idea. Man, some sipping tequila. You know how many times I've been sitting at a place and going, man, I didn't grab any cigars from my mm -hmm, house. You know, it would be mm -hmm. awesome. If you could have DoorDash just roll up <laughs> and hand you a Monte Cristo, that would be sweet. Uh, yes, I had an order for a Mr. Patel, uh, Rocky Patel. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know, I will. I will mention to you, by the way, uh, just talking about how you can get spirits delivered by uh, by a number of these places. Speaking of spirits, this week uh, I was out with you know vacationing with family, bought a bottle of the tequila that. Um, and we actually have to really like do it for a real legit tasting on the show. But it was the tequila that Liliana brought to our anniversary show, the Centenario. Yeah. And it was the Centenario Añejo. I want to say it was $24. It was like ridiculously inexpensive. Don't tell and people that. It was so good. Stop Ian. telling people that because yeah. then we're going to end up with allocated tequila. $124. <laughs> uh, did I leave out the 100 part of that? Perhaps. Yes. Don't, don't <clears throat> like this tequila at all. I want to yeah, still be able uh, to no, buy it and find I it. I got to tell you, it was so good and so inexpensive. So, uh, anyway, we got a lot to get to on the show today. We're going to talk celebrity whiskeys when we uh, when we come back. But in the next segment coming up, uh, vanity projects, yeah. if you will. In the next segment, I'm going to play you the uh, the segment that uh, our producer Adam in the Sky and I uh, recorded while at the Guadalupe Brewing Company. I can't which wait is to see an that awesome place. You will love you will love getting a look at this. Uh, so that's coming up next. We are smoking and toasting, and we will be right back. Welcome 
Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Anytime we anytime we travel out of town, I, uh, Ian or, or myself, we like to uh, see if we can stop in either uh, some really cool humidor and cigar lounge someplace, or maybe a uh, distillery, or maybe a brewery. And in this case, I spent last week <clears throat> in the New Braunfels, Texas area with family, uh, tubing and uh, having fun on the river. And then uh, Adam uh, in the cloud, our producer and uh, former engineer of the show was there, and he and I went to the um, the brewery called the Guadalupe Brewing Company. And to be honest, I did not have high expectations because <laughs> it's not like it's in a major urban center. Like New, uh, New Braunfels is a fairly small town, small little city, it's, and it's out yeah. in the country. Yeah, it's out in the country, Hill and country. this was even a little further out in the country. And we pulled up. I'm like, I don't know, but this place was absolutely cool, and the beer. Was great. So Sounds let's uh, awesome. let's take a look at what Adam and I did there at the Guadalupe Brewing Company. It's smoking and toasting on location and double fisted at the Guadalupe Brewing Company, just outside of New Braunfels, Texas. Uh, it's Cruz here, and of course our esteemed producer Adam in the cloud, who is not in the cloud today. He's right here. I'm right so here. So welcome, in Adam. Uh, in we are we're uh, drinking at one of the most awesome, tucked out of the way. Uh, breweries that I've seen in a long time. This place has amazing grounds. It's all like Texas sagebrush and cactus and succulents and flowers. And it's got a really nice layout. They've got a full cigar area. They've got uh, a, a pizza kitchen with uh, pizza and other foods. Uh, behind us here is a stage where there's live music performances in the late afternoon and evening. And of course, we just came from the tap room where they had about double what a lot of tap rooms have yeah. available. Great selection. Uh, you anything you want from the stouts, the lagers, to the IPAs. So as you can tell, we both uh, had trouble making up our minds. Exactly. And uh, <laughs> so uh, why don't you tell us about what you've got there, Adam? Yeah, I have the Musebach Doppelbach. That looks um, delicious. Which has got a sweet, pretty, a little more, more sweet than your average, like, Doppelbach, uh, but it's delicious. It's, it's great. At first, uh, it, when, it, when you take the first sip, it kind of smacks you in the face with that sweetness a little bit, but then it kind of settles down and you can sip on it. It's really delicious. And then I got a uh, Texas lager. Oh. And um, this is really nice, easy drinking. Got Perfect a, for the summer, I bet. Yeah, I got a little sweet aftertaste on it. I've already tasted it. It's kind of hard to drink both of these uh, side by side, you know, without ruining your palate. But <laughs> no, it's delicious, though. This is really good, light, easy drinking. Got a nice, sweet aftertaste to it. So, no, I, yeah. pulled, I pulled out two. I got the haze, their hazy IPA, which I believe is just called a uh, tropical IPA. But as you can see, it's pretty, pretty nice hazy beer. there. And it's got all kinds of uh, tropical fruit notes, including, hmm, I'm getting mango, I'm getting pineapple, I'm getting citrus, there's all kinds of, it's just a fairly typical notes for a hazy IPA. It's got a little bite to it, which is kind of cool. I, I kind of like that. It's a, okay. it's a very refreshing, yet still still a legit IPA, which I, which I really appreciate. Yeah, nice. And then this one for Ian. Uh, I yeah, ordered for Ian. the, yeah, I ordered the, um, it's the Pecan Cocoa Stout. And I have to say, it's delicious. The, the cocoa is, it's not like a cacao nib, it's more like a gritty, unsweetened dark chocolate. Mm. And it's just absolutely delicious. And then the pecan kind of layers over that in a little way. One of the better stouts I've had in a long time. I really, really think this is delicious. I am absolutely, uh, Absolutely loving this, and like I said, there's—I didn't do an exact count, but it looks like there's at least 
30 beers yeah, on tap. Yeah, it like it. And it's not, uh, Ian would love this, there's actually more stouts than there are IPAs on yeah. the menu. Yeah. So he would, uh, he, would absolutely, <laughs> he would absolutely dig that. But I love this place. In fact, uh, I wish I'd brought a cigar because they've got a whole yeah. uh, cigar-friendly area We're over here. We're watching somebody smoke a cigar over there right now. Yeah, and uh, it, it just, uh, of course, we came early in the afternoon, so there's not as many people here. But I will bet you this place is rocking tonight with oh, yeah. a band on stage and, yeah. and uh, all kinds of fun stuff. And one other really smart thing they did. They've got, even over the area where we're sitting here, they've got misters. We can see one of them misting down on us right now. Yeah. And it really helps when you get these super hot Texas uh, summer days like we've been having lately. In fact, you can see my phone. that mist <laughs> all over it. So, uh, anyway, I couldn't recommend this place more highly just based on our limited yeah. exposure to it so far. It's really yeah. got... Yeah, and they got the stage behind us, too. I'm pretty sure they got live music going yep. you know, sometimes, yeah. I, I think that's right. So, what's your favorite of the beers? Uh, I have to say this Texas lager is surprisingly like complex for a lager. You think lagers are pretty straightforward. This actually mm -hmm. has up front um, just a really crisp, light, refreshing, like up front taste. And then at the back end, it's like this sweet kind of citrus, little mm -hmm. bit of notes in the back. And I'm pleasantly surprised with this, you know? Well, I'm going to probably surprise you. Being an IPA guy, my favorite of the two is actually the stout. I really love this. And in fact, it's one of the things I didn't mention about it is it's very light in uh, body and mouthfeel and consistency, more like a Guinness than some of the thicker, heavier stouts that we have. Right. But I think it's 8.3 ABV, so mm. it's still it's still got a little bit of a kick. But I'm enjoying this, and I intend to enjoy more as our visit continues to the Guadalupe Brewing Company. A great find. This place, I will return here yeah. when we come back. Uh, this place is awesome, and I recommend it highly. In New Braunfels, Texas, yeah. Smoking and toasting on location. Adam, it's good to see you, man. Good to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers, y'all. So you would have loved it, Ian. I, I, that looks <laughs> amazing. Yeah, and, and a place for live music and the misters and the whole thing. It was just absolutely cool. But boy. You didn't bring me that stout. Boy, did they. No, I didn't. But I did bring you a scotch ale. I love it. I and love we're going to okay try that. that. We're going to try that a little bit later <laughs> in the love show. It, love it. Sounds uh, great. For those of you who are only here with us for the first hour of the show, thank you for being here. And we will uh, hopefully you'll go to the uh, website and check out the uh, rest of the show. Uh, it's always available. Check us out on YouTube. We're smoking and toasting. We'll see you guys next week. For those who are with us for another hour, we'll be back and we got drinking news. Uh, welcome back, my friends. It's smoking and toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. And uh, as some of you probably know, and when, when we're getting ready to do the show, I usually will spend a little time on the internet looking up different articles about you know spirits or cigars or craft beer, things that you know might be interesting for us to uh, discuss or talk about on the show. And sometimes these uh, you know these journeys into the internet uh, involve me finding lists. And I found a list that I thought would be interesting for us to talk about uh, because the title of the list was Celebrity Whiskeys That Are Actually Worth Tasting. I was like, oh, this is good because, you know, we have a tendency to sometimes to rag on the whole celebrity, you know, celebrity spirits uh, thing. This will be celebrity spirits that are actually worth tasting. So I go to the list. I'm taking a look at it, preparing to come in. And suddenly I have reason to be very suspect of this list uh -oh. because included on it was... Proper number 12. Proper, Proper number, 12. number 12. And so, oh. you know, I mean, listen, you know, he's a big deal. I get it. I get it that he's that he's a big deal. He's a UFC star. 
and uh, I keep wanting to call him Ewan McGregor. <laughs> uh, Conor McGregor. Um, he he's a UFC star, and he's Irish, and it's an Irish whiskey, and you know he is a big deal. And if he were in the studio right now, I'd probably be telling him how great his whiskey is. Because, you know, he's that guy. You know, if you take that hit, you're going to make the news. So (laughs) That's true. It might be worth it. It might be worth it. But immediately I was a little suspect of this list. So I started looking for other lists, and I thought, you know what? We'll do it. We'll we'll taste test proper number 12, because Ian's had it. I have not. But I found a a list from Uproxx, which I I have a tendency to trust Uproxx. They're a pretty pretty solid... um, Pretty solid website. Uproxx listed a uh, the best celebrity whiskeys done in a blind taste test. So I thought I'd share these with you, and then we will try proper number 12, which, by the way, does not make their list. Uh, their number 10 was Eric Legrand Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Eric Legrand is a former college football star whose career was cut short due to a spinal injury while playing for Rutgers, and uh, he went into the bourbon business. He donates $5.20 of every case sold uh, to the Christopher Reeve or Christopher and Diana uh, uh, Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. Nice. Uh, so it's very cool. They say it's a solid bourbon. They'd use it for mixing. It's a little thin as a sipper, still no faults, and it drinks cleanly and easily. Number nine is Silverbelly Kentucky Straight Bourbon. Never heard and of that. And it is a, a bourbon that was put together, built for country music star Alan Jackson. Oh. Chattahoochee dude. Uh, it's named after the color of his iconic silver belly hat. It's made in Owensboro, Kentucky, and uh, Jackson himself hand-selected the barrels uh, with his daughter, who is a certified sommelier by day. At number eight is Puncher's Chance, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Uh, it is from uh, another UFC star, Bruce Buffer. In the is UFC. it me? Or, like, I've never heard of these. Some of these people you will have heard of. They say it's a like, really... not, not the people. I've never heard of the whiskey. Oh, I, I agree. And I think... I think there's so well. I don't know. When was the last time you just like spent a half an hour in the whiskey aisle? You know, there's so much there. It's true. So many. Uh, so maybe some of it's uh, now. I had heard that this existed, but I've never seen it. At number seven is Bradshaw Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. That's from Terry Bradshaw, the former uh, Steelers I'm quarterback. I'm going to try that because I love commentator. Terry Bradshaw. Now, see, I, I, he drives me crazy. I love that guy. The guy's been senile for 20 years, oh, and they still keep putting him on television. I have a Terry Bradshaw story. You know how he's bald. Yeah. When I was a kid, my grandfather, he wore a toupee. He's passed away, so I can say this now. He wore a toupee, <laughs> and nobody knew it. And he took me one time to the toupee shop, and all of the... the um, Styrofoam heads that had toupee yeah. were Terry Bradshaw. All I, of the I said, heads were Terry I know Bradshaw. that guy, and he goes, "Yeah, it's the guy from football, Terry Bradshaw, that you see." <laughs> Nothing I, creepy I, about I, that. It was it was crazy. It is kind of fun to watch him on the pregame shows and stuff get completely lost, like he has no <laughs> I love clue what the rest of the people were talking about. But he has a, a whiskey sells for fifty two dollars. Uh, it's made by Green River Distilling Company in Owensboro, Kentucky, and uh, they have a bourbon and a rye, and it is a collab between Terry. Bradshaw and Silver Screen Bottling Company. So uh, that one, they say, this is where they say the the whiskeys on the list actually bump up in quality a fair amount. They say it's still a cocktail bourbon, but there's more here than just standard stuff. And uh, so it reminds them, as they say, of Wild Turkey and Old Crow from the 1980s. Ah, so that Old uh, Crow we tried from the uh, 2020s was not so good. Not so much, yeah, not so much. Uh, at number six on the list, the three-cord cask finished bourbon and corn whiskey finished in honey and toasted barrels. Three-cord is uh, owned 
uh, and created by Neil Giraldo, who is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame guitarist who is married to Pat Benatar. That guy is freaking yeah. awesome. He's a great guitar player. Yeah. He's uh, he's done a lot of production and stuff. And by the way, I... Did you realize that him and Pat Benatar have been married since, like, For a long time. 80s. He's been her guitarist forever, yeah, and they've yeah. been married forever. And by the way, now... And I know this because I worked at a radio station where we had Pat Benatar come play our free 4th of July concert. Uh, if you book them, if you book Pat Benatar, you have to bill it as Pat Benatar and Neil Giraldo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've actually yeah. been to a couple so, of shows like that. But he is actually worthy of the billing because yeah. he's really quite good. At number five, I know you've heard of this. It's Blackened, a blend of straight whiskeys finished in black brandy cast. That is a good whiskey. It's a $34 bottle, and it is totally that's, that's totally, totally worth, worth it. it. And this was, of course, created by master distiller cigar. Dave Pickerel, who, by the way, this article refers to Dave Pickerel as America's whiskey Johnny Appleseed. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> Which is kind of cool. The cigar yeah. that uh, uh, Hetfield and Dietrich uh, collaborated on as well. Dietrich's the distiller that took over for um, for uh, when Pickerel passed right, away. When Pickerel yeah. passed away, the cigar that they uh, blended together is fantastic. Mm. Yep, yep. Number four, and this I'm going to just say right now, this is a great whiskey. I just finished off my bottle of this recently. It's the Balcones ZZ Top Tres Hombres okay. Texas Whiskey. So just it's the artwork so on that is amazing. It's and so then, yeah, good. Balcones, come yeah. on. And we've had it on the show. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, fantastic. But yeah, I bought a bottle. We had it on the show. Average price is about 60 bucks, And uh, I just polished that off recently. And it was it was just wonderful to the last drop. It really was. Number three, Heaven's Door Decade Series Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Heaven's Door is great. Aged 10 years. This, of course, is Bob Dylan's brand. And it is This was the first release in Bob Dylan's uh, series of Heaven's Store Tennessee whiskeys. At number two, Colonel E.H. Taylor, single barrel straight Kentucky bourbon whiskey. This is Chris Stapleton's barrel pick. So Chris Stapleton coming in at number two on the list. And he ought to know a thing or two about... Actually, it's kind of funny. This is Kentucky whiskey, and his song is Tennessee whiskey. whiskey. So what's up with that? Uh, And then at number one... Uh, Tennessee whiskey, by the way, great song, but it's also I'd Rather Go Blind. It totally it's is. Literally it's literally the same literally song. the same song, yeah. Uh, at number one on our list, Willett Distillery, Kia Michi, a family reunion whiskey, straight rye whiskey, $149 a bottle, and it is a, a collaboration uh, with Kings of Leon. So it's right. expensive, and I would love to try it. So, uh, But Kia, uh, Kia Michi, a family reunion whiskey, straight rye whiskey. Whiskey came in at number one on the blind taste test. So I trust Uprox because they did not have Conor McGregor. <laughs> so so yeah. proper, 12, uh, proper number 12 Irish whiskey, paying tribute to where it all began for me, Dublin, mm-hmm. tw- Dublin 12. Uh, enjoy this uh, proper Irish whiskey, a fine blend of golden grain, a full-flavored malted barley, triple distilled, aged four years in bourbon barrels. Proper number 12 offers hints of vanilla, honey-like sweetness, and toasted wood. We're... <laughs> That's like it's smooth. <laughs> it's like it, that, that, that's that's very fluffy words. Now, um, the Irish... uh, we are honored to share this with you. I'm proud to donate to uh, first responders with everybody sold. A proper salute to all. That's pretty nice. The, the Irish are essentially known for three things. They're known for leprechauns. They're known for great pubs with draft beer, and they're known for Irish whiskey. Mm-hmm. And so Conor McGregor. Don't forget potatoes. Well, there's that I like too. Potatoes. And and the the dude that uh, cast out the snakes or whatever his name was, but. Uh, All right, we, we'll get back to that. So, so on okay. the nose, yeah, very little. There's a little yes. vanilla. 
Yeah, a little vanilla, and uh, I've already spilled a little bit, so <laughs> I don't know what that means. Um, and it's proper place. Proper number 12. Um, That's for the dead homies. So, yeah, it's a... Uh, okay, that was really funny. That was really funny. But you're right, not much on the nose. It doesn't whiskey. It, 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 it doesn't whiskey a lot on the nose. Yeah, if vanilla is a little, but it doesn't whiskey a lot. So I'm interested to see what you think when you try this. It's um, yeah. So you're making that face. Well, I'm trying to give it a fair chance. Honestly, there's a little bit on the finish that I like. There's some vanilla. There's some uh, a little bit of the a little bit of the sort of distilled wheat you, you pick up a little bit on the on the finish so here's what i got um there's malt there's malt and it's weirdly sweet there's it's too sweet it's weirdly sweet and i say it's weirdly sweet because it comes across real sweet at the very beginning and then um and then you get this uh this this punch of kind of a saltiness mm-hmm. not a saltiness not conor mcgregor like assaults you right but like saltiness and then this awful finish. I mean, look at the face you're making right now just because you haven't taken a sip recently. Right. Like this awful finish that like it it just and, and this heat right. that the, sticks in the back of your throat. This is not a pleasant whiskey hug. This is sticking no. in the back of my throat right here. Like for those of you looking at this right here. And it's just sitting there. He Okay, so when I talk about the finish, the first thing that happens on the finish I kind of like. It's a little bit of vanilla. It's a little bit of maybe cinnamon, caramel, cinnamon. But but then as that kind of wanes and the heat comes back, what we would call in better situations the whiskey the hug. The whiskey hug, yeah. Yeah. Uh, as that comes back, then it, it kind of dissolves into this flavor I don't really like. Like, can I can I get... Something to wash that out. <laughs> this is like a whiskey full Nelson. It's yeah. like I don't, I don't it know totally what it is. is. It's, it it's not. It's so. So the finish on this, I would have to, like if I was rating this from from front to back. I'm, I'm gonna start with the back side of this. The finish on this is awful, mm-hmm. and it doesn't get better. Like the more you sip it, the more I find things in it that are awful. So there's a weird tanginess. Yeah. Um. So that sticks around on the, the dubious list. Uh, it describes it as an Irish whiskey blended from single malt and grain, an accessible, drinkable bottle with some vanilla and plenty of toasted wood, and it's triple distilled with sweeter notes and an easy finish. Don't like the finish at all. The finish is not good. It's, especially what it kind of dissolves to. Like when you first like take that first swallow, it's not that bad. But then it kind of like sours. I don't yeah. know how to explain it. It's other than that. so bitter. It's yeah. so bitter and so bad. Ian, did you happen to bring any better whiskey? Well, just so you know, like how much is proper twelve for a bottle? Thirty something dollars. Yeah, it's around thirty. Well, you bought range. the small bottle. You were uh, yeah. economical because it why was would like we buy thirteen oh. or fourteen? Probably. <laughs> it also says smooth is fast. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't think I want to know what that means. I, 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 I'm gonna. This is. Like I think I paid twenty three dollars for this, for the for the for a one full, liter bottle, one liter bottle yeah. of old granddad high rye mash bill bonded Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. So this is a step up from the old granddad that kind of won our that bottom under shelf blind taste test, right? So this one's what? this one's like for a liter is twenty three dollars ish. And the nose right off the bat, the oh, first dude. thing it does is it whiskeys right off the nose. 
This is real in a whiskey. Beautiful way. This is real whiskey. Mm. And I like Irish whiskey. But it's round. It, it's beautiful. I can't, oh, I can't go. it's sweet. It's got so oh, many and, things. Oh, and that, that cinnamon and the finish. On the oh, finish. baby. Like, it's amazing that, that somebody will buy this because this guy's name is on it. Yeah. When and, you can buy that stuff one on like the shelf. this. Yep. That's what I'm talking about. For so much less. That's what I'm talking and about. And not even understand how much better something like that is. Fascinating. Now, that being said, they're not both Irish whiskey. Right, right. In fairness, but but compare that to a twenty three dollar bottle of Slain. Oh, Slain crushes Slain it. Slain crushes it in yeah. an instant. Why Jameson did, crushes it. Why didn't Conor McGregor just you know hook up with Slain or Jameson and put his name on that? Jameson's twenty six dollars or twenty seven dollars a bottle, and yeah. it crushes this. Yeah. this and is... this old granddad, I'm going to be sipping this to the break. We'll be right back. <laughs> oh, it's a, good. It is a, a bubble uh, gum in there too. Yeah, it's really good. It's smoking and toasting. We'll be right back. Mm. Welcome back, my friends. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our program's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. There was one interesting thing I wanted to mention to you, Ian, as you pour our next uh, beer. Um, the article, the dubious uh, article of celebrity uh, whiskeys that mentioned uh, proper number 12, it, it did hit me to something I didn't know existed, and I'm now excited to try and find. And it's Nick Offerman, who is... Awesome, by the way. Amazing actor. Uh, he has a Lagavulin charred oak cask whiskey that's got his name All on right. it. So here's and, the thing. And, and that just sounds like something I have to this try. This is different. Lagavulin, yeah. if they're going to put their name on something, yeah. it ain't going to suck. Right. Exactly. Like, you know this is going to have... Now, if you don't like peated whiskey, you might not like it. But but in terms of what it is, it's going to be good. Yeah, Yeah, I mean... There, there's that. I, I like peated whiskey, though. I, I just want to, not to change the subject, and I, I like pitted whiskey, too. It it took me a while to learn to appreciate it, but now I do, and I enjoy it. But let me just say, you opened the can of our next beer. I haven't even picked it up the yet. The whole room smells. And the whole room smells like blueberries and blackberries yeah, and raspberries. Pretty, pretty fruity right off the bat. So this is UFO, which is a, uh, a oh, sub-brand of The nose of on this is amazing. Uh, Harpoon is uh, out of Boston, Massachusetts, and this is their triple if, berry. If I could get a candle that smelled like this, like oh, this totally. smells like I'd berries. Burn this all the time. With just a kiss of beer, like when you walk into a brewery. It says brewed with real raspberries, blackberries, and strawberries. And I'm going to tell you, I'm smelling all of that without even lifting this close to my nose. Oh, oh, is this as good as it smells? This is fantastic. Mm. This is so crisp and delicious. I absolutely love this. It's berry forward, but and not berry sweetened. So I, I have had a not so great past with fruited beers. I grew to enjoy fruited sours. But my past with fruited beers was things like lambics, and I just couldn't get into it. I like lambics. I just couldn't get into it. It just wasn't my... Wasn't my thing, you know. Like I, I can do a, a honey lemon Radler every once in a while, but it's not. I, my, I don't like it's not my favorite. But but this is delicious. This is outrageously good, actually. The berry is so forward on this. There's just no avoiding that this is a berry beer brewed with raspberries, blackberries, and strawberries. You know how sometimes uh, you'll. You'll buy a beer and it'll say brewed with, uh, you know, this, brewed with banana. And you don't really taste that much banana. Yeah, sometimes you get just a kiss of it or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. This is not like that. This is this is 
It's a, it's a conservative show. It's coming in at 5.1 on this one. Mm, mm. So, uh, interesting. It also says on the side of the can here that uh, according to the Surgeon General, women should not drink alcoholic beverages during pregnancy. Good to know. Um, I feel like I've read that before uh, somewhere, so they may be uh, plagiarizing. They a may bit, be. That doesn't sound real. I guess wrong. I should put this down now. Then. Yeah. <laughs> this is no. This is so good. Uh, it's hard to describe because it is very berry forward, but it's also not sick, sickly sweet. It's got no. You you're absolutely right. Spent, it's got a, a nice amount of carbonation, and it's got just that tartness. It's not sour, it's got, but it's it's tart. got berry flavor like uh, Lacroix has berry flavor. Mm. It's got the essence kind of thing, but it's also if Lacroix beer. were a beer. Yes, it it's would taste like this. beer, and it's yeah. really freaking good. Yeah, it, I, I had no idea that I was going to like this this much. I mean, I, I thought it might be good, but... Yeah, I mean, if this was sitting next to, say, uh, Founders uh, uh, Dirty Bastard or something like that, I would definitely be picking the Founders. But now that I know this exists, I'll probably pick some up. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to be getting like, a six-pack of this. this pretty, is just, I'm just going to go ahead and This is just fabulous. And by the way, it's very thirst-quenching as well. It's uh, really crushable. Nicely that's, done. That's outrageous. That's pretty darn good. Okay, so going to recommend that one really highly. So these are the things. Yeah. These are the, and it's one of the reasons we like to do the show is because I know not everybody that I know that's a beer fan would necessarily pick up a six-pack of that. And you might miss out if you don't. I mean, it's worth I it. I mean, that's like that's what the, the, the fruity seltzers are trying to be, like that kind of good. And they're yeah. not. And this, this is, is way better than any fruity so seltzer good. I've ever had. And we'll be right back with Drinking News. It's Smoking and Toasting. I mean, I meant to give you more of the proper 12. I know. I appreciate your, your thought process. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our show's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And i got to say, Ian, that old old granddad, was, that's a bottle that's of bond, That's the bonded, right? yeah. That's it's the bonded. really good. Like, yeah, it and, and you say, how much is that bottle? That bottle's like $23 for a liter. That's, that's not the 750 great. That's the liter. That's great. you got to love all that. All right, you guys don't listen to me when I say that because then I won't be able to find it when I go right, to the liquor exactly, store. So. Exactly. And, and don't listen to him when he plays ukulele either. Oh, because and it's 100 proof. Because that means, ladies and gentlemen, that it is time for Drinking News. Drinking News, Drinking News, now it's time for Drinking News. Drinking News, Drinking News, now it's time for Drinking News. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking News. <laughs> Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. Well, while our show here at Smoking and Toasting is primarily about craft beer and fine spirits and hand-rolled cigars, we do talk about other things here from time to time. Ian and I, for example, are both huge uh, fans of music. Ian's been a musician for most of his life, played in a number of really good bands. And my career for many years was in music radio, stretching from you know R&B to country to pop to classic and alternative and indie rock. But I've never asked you this question, Ian. My friend, has there ever been a time when you were on stage performing and someone from the audience threw something at you? Yes. Yeah. Do you mind telling me what it was? Was it a beer? <laughs> no, no, it wasn't a beer. Uh, uh, on my, one of my very first uh, early, like, just out of high school gigs, we were playing at uh, some church festival thing, and people started throwing 
a church at a church festival thing change at us yes wow. there was also a giant cross was, hanging up behind us and it kind of fell and dangled from one arm of the cross <laughs> as was, we were playing it was tithes and it was offerings. a really awkward gig it was we tithes and offerings we yeah <laughs> <laughs> well for a while back in the 90s it was kind of a thing. I remember this. Uh, and I'm not talking about women, you know, like throwing their panties on stage at Tom Jones concerts. That's, that's very different. Yeah, uh, and keys. Yeah, right. I'm talking about audience members who paid cash money for tickets to see an artist who would then throw something, a cup or a water bottle There's, or even worse, at the performer. You know the famous story about Twisted Sister, right? Yeah. Someone threw... Poo at them. Like oh, see, that's, poo. Uh, that's awful. Uh, like, first of all, in order to do that, you've got to have it in your hand. <laughs> you had to create it before you, you put it in your hand. Somebody Think had of to it. Like, this it. goes, this goes I deep. I hope you created it yourself. If it was somebody <laughs> else's, that's kind of even worse, right? Um, singer Adele has spoken out recently about this. Not about poo, but about people throwing objects at uh, at performers saying, Adele said, I dare you to throw something at me, and I'll effing kill you. And she didn't say effing. Uh, uh, I love the British. They're, they're not afraid to drop the F-bomb. That's right. That's right. Uh, pop star Pink was performing in London recently when a fan threw a bag of their mother's ashes on stage. In footage of the incident, <laughs> what? Pink can be heard asking... This is your mom? I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> I love Pink. She's great. But the best incident of any of this that I've ever witnessed personally, and for all I know, this might have even been staged, but, uh, but even if it was, it was the best response ever. This happened back in the 90s. I went to see the band Filter right about the time that their song, Hey Man, Nice Shot, was a big hit. And uh, during the show, a member of the audience hurled a full cup of beer at Robert Patrick, the lead singer. Full cup. So Patrick sees the beer coming, and he kind of dodges it with a swift, uh, quick move. And then he steps back up to the microphone. He pointed out in the audience at the guy who threw the beer, and he said, Hey, man. Nice shot. And the band immediately goes into the song. Oh, that's fantastic. And it was like, it was like one of those things. Like I said, even... Even if it was totally staged, I got to give him credit for that. That was pretty cool. <laughs> so throwing full cups of a beverage at anyone is not cool in most situations. Like, first off, man, I have a beverage here, man. Yeah, yeah. It's not cool in most situations. And to be completely honest, <laughs> it's not usually very effective. But that didn't stop a Florida man. Florida man. Who was charged with felony battery recently after over a skirmish at the 7-Eleven store where he works. It seems that 35-year-old Miles Taz Jenkins, who was employed as a clerk at the 7-Eleven in question, got frustrated with a customer over payment and threw a big gulp filled with lemonade, uh, filled with lemonade at the woman. Oh, that's sticky. Not just any cup, mind you. It was a big gulp. That is like a schooner of lemonade. That's like that's like 132 <laughs> yeah. ounces or something, right? It's amazing. Right? The incident was uh, witnessed by three other customers, according to a criminal complaint. And Jenkins reportedly made spontaneous statements admitting to striking the victim, Tina Warren, with the drink. Florida man. After being booked into the county jail, Jenkins, who was eventually released from custody, gave his address as a motel in Clearwater. <laughs> 
Because, of course. Yes. <laughs> because Florida. Yeah. Uh, the alleged battery. I'm not battery, even it this time. The alleged <laughs> battery is being charged as a felony due to Jenkins having a prior conviction for sexually battering a young girl, a crime that he uh, served several WTF? years in custody for. Yeah. So obviously, this is the bad guy. And anybody with that kind of serious charge on their record should know that they throwing... They also have poor impulse control. Yeah. And they should know that throwing a huge cup of lemonade at a female customer is probably not the best idea, no matter how frustrated you might be. But that said, it causes us to wonder here at Drinking News if there are any situations which might cross the line, which might make throwing a full cup of delicious lemonade at someone at least a tiny bit more defensible, right? Provided, of course, you don't have sexual assault on your record. It is therefore, with that in mind, that we bring you another Drinking News Top 5 list, which we want to stress is for entertainment purposes only and not any kind of actual legal advice, since we are not lawyers and are in no way competent to advise you. I mean, hell, we're not even really competent to bring you drinking news, but somebody's got to do it. So here we are. With that out of the way, here is the drinking news top five list of things that might be a little more defensible if you were to throw a lemonade at somebody. Top five things that might be a little more defensible for throwing lemonade at a customer. Number five. All right. I'm sure you saw this one coming. But if the customer walks in wearing full clown regalia, including a red ball nose and big floppy shoes, no lawyer would turn that case down. You have a clown issue, I think. I do. I do. I, I, well, like, see, definitely. clowns don't bother me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm like, I have funny nose. Eh, eh. <laughs> Number four. Of course, then we can start a song that goes, Florida Clown. Oh, that's scary. See, that just that, that does something to me internally that I don't want to. That sounds like, like even... something from a scary movie. <laughs> uh, the top five things that might be a little more defensible for throwing lemonade at a customer. Number four, if the customer tries to talk you into selling Amway or Mary Kay or one of those other pyramid <laughs> schemes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not a pyramid scheme. Listen, you just get all your friends to buy this. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, number three, uh, the top five things might be a little more dis- defensible for throwing lemonade at a customer. Number three, if that customer happens to be Cardi B. Number two. Oh, yeah. No, I want to. <laughs> number two. Cardi B. <laughs> number two, if the customer insults you, calls you a big, sad nobody with delusion of grandeur, says that everybody who ever loved you was wrong, and that you're not the biggest a-hole in the world, but you better hope that guy doesn't die, and then adds... <laughs> No offense. (laughs) And the number one thing that might be a little more defensible for throwing a lemonade at a customer, number one, if the customer in question refuses to stop singing Bobby McFerrin's Don't Worry, Be Happy. Is a little song. Oh, see, I now you're going to do it. You're really going to do it. Might want to sing it. No, you might not. You might not want to sing it. No, for not. You might not. <laughs> Reporting live from Florida, where I've decided not to order a lemonade after all. My name is Cruz, and that is your... Drinking news. Drinking news. That's our time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. <laughs> I'm still enjoying just drinking this uh, this uh, old granddad. It's freaking delicious. It's isn't really, it? really quite good. 
Okay, so uh, you saw the segment earlier, I hope, that, uh, or at least heard the segment. Uh, Adam uh, and I were at the uh, Guadalupe Brewing Company. And Ian, I got to tell you, I recommend if you're next time did you're you, up did you on try the river, the beer that you brought? You got to do no. Well, no, this is not one of the beers I tried. So I tried uh, the stout that we did in the in the segment, and I tried the IPA that we did in the segment. But this, I decided I got to get a bottle of it. And bring this it back smells for like the show. The best pancakes you've ever had in your life. So this is hand packaged. So as you can see, it's just like a a stick on yeah, label it's just here. A stick on right. like computer printed label. Right. And it's hand packaged on five twenty six twenty three. But this beer style is salted caramel scotch ale. It is eight point one ABV. This smells like. So I knew I'd be talking your language. The salted here. caramel like has kind of a maple oh. syrup quality. Oh, that's kind the first time I noticed that. That is great. It is. It smells so. I haven't even tried it yet, and I yeah. love this already. Like oh. if it tastes anything, like, I don't even care if it's like thick, <laughs> syrupy, and sticky. Yeah. This is going to be good. Like mm. already, like just the nose on this. Like if you can make a candle like this. Oh my god! Uh, why didn't I buy more than this one bottle? <laughs> this is so good. Oh my God! It's creamy. Yes, and you you weren't expecting that, were you? Not even you were remotely. expecting big and boozy, but you weren't expecting creamy. No, no, it's it's like the creaminess is so good. Oh, the salted caramel. Okay, so the aftertaste on this, yeah, makes everything in my life right <laughs> right now. That this may be like, the greatest review you've ever given of any beverage. We've if this ever is the tasted. aftertaste that I had in my mouth after every conversation, I'd yeah. be the happiest person in the world. So here's the thing, and, and I really wanted to point this out about uh, uh, about uh, Guadalupe Brewing Company. I went in with very low expectations. I, I mean, I was sure they'd have some beers that would be, you know, decent, right? Because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a brewery. This place blew me away. The stout I had there was so freaking good. And this is just every... This is and, coming and it, in at uh, eight eight point one seven. So That's very specific, I've, by the I've way. I've never seen their beers in any store ever, including any of the stores while I was up in... Uh, New Braunfels, and believe me, I would have I would have looked for them. So I don't know that they have any distribution outside of their own um, their own place. But I'm telling you, these guys are hitting it out of the park. These are the kind of this is amazing undiscovered gems. And this is what this is what like I really want this to be a part of the mission of this show going forward. Is like if we can tell people about places like this that you might not have known, you might have just honestly. We just decided because we were there in New Braunfels for a week, right? Um, and my wife said, "Like, what do you want to do?" I said, "I said, well, is there one day maybe we could go to like a, a, a distillery or a brewery?" And so we started looking online. And honestly, we looked at another brewery first, but they didn't open till later in the day, and we wanted to go around lunchtime. So she she found this one. She's like, uh, "Here's this one." I go, okay, that sounds good. I had like zero expectations other than we'll have a beer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And not only with the beers great, they had great pizzas. I can tell it would be a fun place to hang out in the evening when there's you know a band or an artist playing live on the stage. They just did it really right at this place. And so as far as I'm concerned, this is a place I'm going to sing their praises because if, if this is an area of the country that you live in and you go there to, to vacation, this should be on your list of things to do. Oh, yeah. Because it's fabulous. It's fabulous. And you might not have realized that. So that's... That's what I'd love for the show to become about more and more is how can we bring you these undiscovered gyms? These like great, yeah, like these proper great number spots, 12, yes. for example. Oh, how can we? Yeah. 
Or not. I'm sorry. Proper. Sorry. I see. I had a good thing going uh, there, and then I kind of like went off the rails. Well, proper well, number, old granddad. Yeah, yeah. Right. Do you want some more proper? No, no. I absolutely don't. I'm uh, I'm totally, totally macking on this uh, on this Guadalupe. So you can't like go and buy this at the store, but if you go to that brewery. You can buy as many bottles as you want and take um, them home with you. All right, all right. So, uh, just we got just a couple seconds left here in the uh, segment. I want you to go back and try that old granddad after trying the beer. After trying that, it's almost like a little bit of honey smoothness to that beer. Oh, and then you go back to the beer after that. Like those two, those two things. Like if you're going to have something with a wow. with a chaser, holy Toledo, Batman. To borrow one of your phrases, those kind of form like Voltron, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they, they really kind of go well together because yeah. you got the vanilla and cinnamon and yes. bubblegummy thing going mm-hmm. on in the whiskey. And you've got this wonderful this maple caramel, caramel mar- thing. Marble, maple syrup. What am I saying? Mm. Roses so are red, good. violets are purple. Sugar is sweet and so is maple slurple. <laughs> uh, and this is delicious. What did my dad say? Uh, roses are red, violets are blue. Most poems rhyme. This one don't. <laughs> <laughs> I love that just for the sheer, like uh, you know, anarchy of it. It's it's just it's just a beautiful thing. Well, um, I got to tell you, and this is this is absolutely fantastic. This is yeah, it's, it's a little one of the better beers. And, and again, I uh, I'm the IPA guy. I thought their IPA was good, but I didn't go like crazy over it. But that stout, as you could tell in the segment, I went nuts over. The funny thing is, though, like every place, every every brewery you go to kind of has its own personality. Mm-hmm. And you start to parse that out after a while. Some places have great IPAs. Right. Some places, that's, I'm not saying the IPA they'll have wasn't a good, good IPA. But and I only tried one of the ones. Sometimes the other stuff shines through. Yeah, well, in this particular case, the and stout was good. This little light. And this, yeah, this little this, light of mine, uh, baby. This uh, scotch ale shine through right now. Mm, mm, mm. And maybe one of the better Scotch ales I've ever had. It's so good. Wow. That's okay. good. This is kind of like a Backwards Bastard. Right, right. Because um, it, it's that, that barrel-aged Scotch ale kind of thing. It's so mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. We are going to take a break, and we will be uh, back to uh, close out the show while we still enjoy sipping, going back and forth between the old granddad bonded mm. and the uh, Guadalupe Brewing Company Scotch Ale. Mm-hmm. Love it. Welcome back at Smoking and Toasting. Our show, again, all about uh, craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars, and sometimes not so fine spirits. As, sometimes. Uh, <laughs> as, uh, well, okay, so in fairness, we've been trashing Conor McGregor's proper number 12 for uh, a number for of weeks now. on the show. So I thought it was only fair I, that I like we bring the, it on the tiger. and do a an actual fair taste the test. The tiger on, on the front has one ear covered up. It's kind of jaunty, I suppose. Yeah, maybe. But he's got kind of a serious face, so he's being jaunty and serious at the same time. I wish I, I could have had one taste bud uh, covered up. Yeah, <laughs> that, that would have been uh, that would have been helpful. No, listen, a blind was it, taste bud. Test? Was it terrible? No, it wasn't. It, it was pretty terrible. bad. No, no, it, it was, was bad. Pretty bad. No, no, it was bad because like the aftertaste on this thing, like it's aggressive. The aftertaste is aggressive. Okay, and so it's not good. Let me put this another way: If I was like eighteen, and a friend of mine 
was over 21 and went and bought a bottle of it and brought it out for us to drink right. in the parking lot. Hold on, here's what's happening. Right? You're suffering from, I tried this an then, hour ago. Then I, then it would, you know, I would be like, okay, yeah, because we drank Boone's Farm Strawberry Hill back then, right? Which I actually might drink instead of proper oh, number 12. Oh, wow. Okay. Listen, you're suffering from the, I drank this okay, an hour we ago. Need, we need to I just a- poured you a little more. I want you to go ahead and just... Enjoy this for what it is. Okay, so here's what we need to do. We need to do a show where we take Boone's Farm, where we take some uh, like malt liquor, where we take proper number twelve, and like All right. you know, and and decide which is worse. So I haven't tried this since we tried it earlier. All right, so there's some maltiness up front, but it has kind of an aspartame kind of sweetness to it. Okay, that is my biggest complaint with this whiskey. The that second thing that happens. Sweetness. Oh God, I thought mm. I got rid of it. Oh, All right, no. so the next thing that happens no. is, so you swallow, and there's this god-awful bitterness that happens, and then the heat comes up, and it just feels like heartburn. Okay, so here's the thing. Like, you know, it's almost like instant heartburn. You know how we describe with some whiskeys that we really like, how it has what we call the whiskey hug? Yes. It's like after you swallow, and you taste the finish, and then moments later... Here comes the whiskey hug, that heat, yes, that warmth. Yes, yes, yes. That little heat this, and warmth, that little glow, that little bit of, mmm, that was so nice. This has more of what I would describe as not necessarily a whiskey hug, but more like a whiskey... Full Nelson? Kick you in the nuts. That's, that's oh, how yeah, I would yeah, describe yeah. Not, not, And I'm, I don't mean that it's that strong. I just mean it's that unpleasant. No, I feel like this is a whiskey uh, like that, that. My least favorite thing about this is that final bitter. taste that it leaves in your mouth. It's bitter. It's it's tears. Next to it, we have thing. the old granddad. Mm. It's um, old granddad is so different. It just makes me want to say thank you, Jesus. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like like this is almost a religious experience compared to the and and, and again, I'm not trying to like gang up on Connor McGregor no, no. because God knows look I could gang up on him with like ten of my best down. friends and he would still kick all of our asses. But proper twelve goes down in the first round. Yeah. I'm sorry, it's man. It's just not good. It just does. It's not. It's just not good. And, and and the problem is, like, we only tasted it so much. The problem you have with this is the more you taste, it's like it's like looking at what happened in a car wreck. You keep seeing the things mm-hmm. that went wrong. Mm-hmm. And and it's like the more you look at it, the more you taste it, the more wrong you can find in it. And because it, it because it builds up. And like I instantly I got rid of that feeling earlier and now it feels like I have heartburn again the minute I take a sip of that. So it's and, and what you just said is the actual opposite of what my favorite spirits do. My favorite spirits you take a sip, it's really good, you enjoy it. You take the next step and you're getting something you didn't even get the first time. Oh, I you know, know. It like opens up. It, it 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 like a flower unfolding. You get these different flavors. Uh, same thing with a good cigar. Well, see, but this is this is giving you different things after every sip. The problem is, it's like they're not it's good like turning things. around after the first punch and getting hit again. Yeah, they're not good things. Absolutely. Well, I I want to say, folks, we did try to give it a fair shot. We really did. We tried. We knew yeah. it was bad starting. Yeah, it really does. Like I literally have like the heartburny kind of thing going on. It just reminds just me after that. Like I poured it, slightly more than this, and it's instantaneous. It does remind me a little bit of the malt liquor show where I was afraid to burp for like three days. <laughs> oh my god, Ian! 
I'll never forgive you for that. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. Uh, we want to say thanks to you everybody know, who makes... our radio fans haven't heard us do the malt liquor show, so we should probably start that yeah, one Yeah, no, again. I'm thinking maybe we shouldn't. I uh, <laughs> uh, want to thank everybody for uh, coming here, being a part of the program today. Uh, old Granddad Bonded, uh, recommended highly. And uh, Guadalupe Brewing Company, New Braunfels, Texas, recommended oh, highly. so good. Yeah, uh, and, so uh, and you, thank you for being a part of Smoking and Toasting. Thanks to our new affiliates, and thanks to uh, uh, Terry for making it all happen today. Have a great week, my friends. We'll be back with uh, Cavassier. Cavassier next week. That's going to be amazing, man. Yeah. We'll like be... we have, so we've only had one other um, uh, cognac on the show. I'm excited about this. It's that's be awesome. Pierre Ferrand. So we'll see you then, and have a great week, my friends, and uh, cheers, y'all. Cheers, y'all. It's alright when it's okay. Yeah, you never listen to anybody else.